1: Are you a fan of young adult novels?
0: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
2: Then join author Eric J. Brown
0: and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK, available on all podcasting apps. Woo! <laughs> I am the new face of fear, meet the new face of fear, my advice is sleek. keep suitcases near, vacate the premises, placate your innocence, fate is unpretty, we embrace the blemishes. Hey
3: everybody and welcome to another episode of the Devil, Devil Count Out Podcast. Again, a special thanks to Mega Ran for the use of his song Run off of the album Matt Mania as our introduction. I am joined once again by Josh Jackson. Hey guys. And Derek Cranabel.
2: Happy Rusev Day.
3: Uh, and we are going to break down, there's a lot to break down real quick. So, so first, the last time you heard from us we were predicting uh, TakeOver... And WrestleMania, I don't feel like there's that much to really uh, go over with that. Um, I mean, as expected, TakeOver was great. Uh, There was two matches that got five stars, uh, well-deserved five stars, for both the ladder match and the Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa matches. Um, I I mean, do you guys have anything you want to throw in there?
2: The Gargano Ciampa match is probably like the best match I've ever seen.
3: Yeah, it's it's beautiful wrestling storytelling. Uh, the ladder match was incredible. Uh, I was watching it at my parents' house, and my, uh, my mom and dad were just chilling on the couch watching it with me. They don't watch wrestling at all. And uh, my favorite moment was when my mom said, Wait, where's Sprocket? I haven't seen him in there in a while. And uh, she was referring to Ricochet. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just a great ladder. I mean, that was just a great pay-per-view from top to bottom. Um, That There wasn't really a bad match. Uh, There was just within most, as with most takeovers, there was just the match that was the least great. Um, So great show there. Mania started off so strong and then just just crumbled. Uh, So real quick, Matt Hardy won the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Uh, That's probably the best option there.
2: I think that's what we all kind of had predicted in the last episode, too. And then it was with the help of
1: Bray.
3: Yeah, with the help of Bray, which has led to the new uh, tag team champions. uh, Spoiler alert for later. um, Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali uh, tore the house down with their cruiserweight match. Uh, I don't know if we got to talk about this on the previous episode, but um, Rockstar Spud's promo on 205 Live right before... WrestleMania was one of the most passionate and well-done promos I've ever seen, uh, where he basically just was saying, like, hey, guys, you know, start WrestleMania a little bit early because you want to, you don't want to be the person who missed out on the best match of the night. Like, it was like a very okay. good, like, you know, believing in your product type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Naomi won the the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale, which they've done nothing with uh, since...
1: So that that have is,
3: they
2: even
1: is mentioned it. No, it's, no. I, I, she's she's too busy protecting her husband from the Bludgeon brothers. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fair. But
1: it's a big job. I, re- so. I really feel like Bailey should have won that though. Like as much as bad as they've treated her over the past year, I felt like that would have been a good point to kind of restart her and really get their feud with her feud with Sasha really going but totally. instead they yeah. instead they faked it and now they're still doing the will they won't they with Sasha and Bailey now for what's going on what 2 months now Yeah
3: it's it's <laughs> uh it's offensively absurd Uh then the actual show started that was all just the pre-show matches Uh the show kicked off fantastically with the triple threat match for the IC championship between Seth Rollins the Miz and Finn Uh, There was really no one who looked weak in this match. It was a really great match to kick off the show. Um, And then I I don't think anyone expected Charlotte and Asuka to be so early in the show. Mm -hmm. And I also don't think that many people expected Charlotte (laughs) to to end Asuka's streak. But I think it's for the best. From a storytelling Uh, standpoint, it's the best decision. mm,
2: I would have put my life savings on uh, Charlotte winning that. And so I would have been at like, $4 if I (laughs) I had done that.
1: I don't mind that Charlotte won, but I really hated... Like, that match is probably, from a wrestling standpoint, my favorite match of the night. But I really hated the way that the finish came because it felt like it came out of nowhere and didn't really build up at all. Like, she didn't really work on her legs or anything. And the figure eight she put her in was, like, the announcers are saying it wasn't even, like, a full-powered thing because her arm was hurt. Mm. And so it was yeah, kind of like, it
2: did kind of, it did kind of feel like that. It felt like it was like, it felt like it was ramping up still. And then all of a sudden it was over.
1: Yeah, it like, definitely. It felt like it wasn't, it felt like we still had more match to go. And that the tap out kind of felt unearned a little bit. Cause Asuka didn't even stay in it long before she tapped. But other than that, like I said, I think from a wrestling standpoint, it was the best match of the night, but it wasn't my favorite match of the night, which we'll talk about. Yeah, Soon. we're
3: going to get there in a second. I think yours and mine kind of match up. Um, So then Jinder Mahal beat Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, and Rusev.
2: This was your match of the night, wasn't it, guys? <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, uh, so, so it's just like, I mean, this was the living embodiment of a, transi- a transitional championship win. Because, like, as as Sam Roberts has pointed out, Jinder Mahal is a champion in SmackDown, but he cannot win a match to save his life in Raw. Uh, So, you know, Jinder uh, wins the belt, and then, what, next day or the following week, loses it to to Jeff Hardy, um, which is fine, I guess. Uh, But then, the match that no one expected to be great and probably was the show-stealing match of the night, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, uh sure. above and beyond any expectations i think in my opinion i, I don't know if you guys agree or not
2: i th- i totally agree i think ronda uh, it was so and um, like i i feel like in this case it really worked out like sometimes when they the will tease and tease and tease and and wait and wait and wait for someone to have an in-ring debut and then it's just okay or they just look fine or they haven't been wrestling for very long so they don't look great um you know it can kind of be detrimental to that to to that person and that character and kind of make, make it feel like that whole, you know, that there was a weak payoff that wasn't for anything. And this was the total opposite. Like as soon as Rhonda, like she, she had a fantastic look, first of all. Uh, and as soon as she got tagged in, she was like, like, it was like you blinked your eyes and she was on the other side of the ring. And she looked fant- She looked fantastic. She did fantastic. It was, it was one of the, like, it was probably the match where I was like, like out loud like holy shit like wow like more than any other match that weekend like she was incredible and the match was incredible and it was i i think everyone had kind of expected kurt to kind of be the 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 grounding uh character in the match and everything to kind of revolve around him and and ronda would get a couple spots in but it felt like kurt and triple h played like supporting characters in the match instead uh and it worked out so well and even stephanie looked like like stephanie looked great and and just like the end of the match, with her just screaming like "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," like please don't, like oh, it was it was it was great storytelling. Uh, uh,
3: I particularly love when Ronda pretty much had the match won, and Triple H pulls the ref out of the ring, so Ronda just turns around and looks at him and goes, "That's okay, I'll just beat up your wife some more." Yeah, uh, it, it was just it was perfect. It like it it reminds you that there's a difference between bringing uh, Georgia Line in a wrestling match or Snooki into a wrestling match and bringing someone who has loved wrestling their entire life into a (laughs) wrestling
1: match. And my absolute favorite spot, probably in a really long time, was when Triple H came into the ring and was like like staring her down and they're acting like they're going to fight. And then all of a sudden she just starts unleashing her punches on him and he gets pushed into the corner and he's doing like the most ridiculous over the top, like attempts at blocking where he's just kind of <laughs> flailing around like an idiot. And it was, it <laughs> was fantastic. Like I was laughing so I, hard at my friend's house when we were watching it.
2: That was a great moment. I loved seeing the the fact that there was some intergen
3: like intergender offense on there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, was pretty yeah, cool. on both sides, which was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was some Ronda versus Triple H and Kurt Angle roughing up Stephanie. This was the mm-hmm. first time in God knows how many years where it really felt like Stephanie McMahon got comeuppance for the last however many years of her character.
1: <laughs> I think' this is the first I think that was the first time since Vicky Guerrero threw in that pool, and even then that was right after Vicky got yeah. fired, so it wasn't even like a complete victory or anything but like the only like the only real complaint that I had about the match is like speaking to Stephanie was that I felt like the way that her character's always been portrayed that um that she got in a little bit too much offense on Rhonda. And I think the first time that she tried to put her in the arm bar and she like countered it, I was kind of like, I was kind of like, come on. Especially because I think we we went on on our pre-show, we all, if I remember correctly, we all said we thought it was going to be a squash. And I'm glad that it wasn't a squash the way it turned out, but still... It
3: was actually the longest match of the night.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is weird. And, like, you know, we'll get to the Alexa and Nia match too, but both of those matches I felt like were going to be squashes. But in this match's case, I think it was better off that it wasn't, but it was still kind of absurd to me that, you know, Ronda's this dangerous professional MMA fighter and, like, Stephanie's, like, an executive and she's, like, countering her armbar and, like, kind of fighting <laughs> her somewhat evenly when they first got into the ring together. <laughs> Yeah, that's a little absurd.
3: Uh, next up, we have the Bludgeon Brothers. They defeated the Usos and the New Day. Um, it was a serviceable match. It, they kept it short, which was probably the best idea. Uh, it was fine. It, it was a good, like, quick bathroom break match. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I, I feel like everyone knew going in what the outcome was going to be like. there's With the push and, and how dominant the Bludgeon Brothers have been, There, I feel like there was no way that they were not going to walk away with those titles and... and they did what they needed to do to get
1: there yeah i knew i mean i knew the outcome but i didn't expect the match to be over so quick it felt like such a nothing match which kind of surprised me considering how hot the tag team division on the smackdown's been and how they are making such a big deal about how the usos have never been on the main card and then they're like on it but they're on it for like four minutes or they essentially lose
3: but it wasn't the shortest match the shortest match came afterwards when The Undertaker finally responded to John Cena's call. Oh, God. Can we... I'm sorry. just wrecked him.
1: You, you, just, you just reminded me. Can we go back to the Oscar thing? That pissed me off so much about how uh. in the middle of, like, Charlotte's celebration, they completely took the attention off of Asuka and Charlotte, and they cut to scene in the crowd with the referee whispering to him that he just hops the barricade and runs to the back while so, Asuka and Charlotte are both looking all confused. And I was...
3: So... I was too busy laughing my ass off because Cena's facial expressions to what the ref is telling him was like out of a Mad TV sketch like it was <laughs> like it was just like jaw down like no no oh my god and like he's moving his head back and forth and he just leaps and starts running like yeah. that was like
1: yeah, it was that, so that, over the, top. the
2: moment the moment that it happened wasn't like it wasn't great timing but that whole angle yeah. like seeing him
1: not not even that like they played a commercial immediately after i was like why didn't you just play the commercial let the girls get out of the ring and then as soon as and, you and come back from commercial ring. do that right yeah. like, in between the matches i was like it was
3: speaking of awkward moments let's rewind again how about the awkwardness where there was clearly supposed to be a commercial between becky lynch's entrance into the battle royale <laughs> And then Sasha Banks's, but instead it just stayed on and you just watched a cattle call of like 17 girls just unceremoniously (laughs) walk to the ring.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I remember that.
2: Yeah, that felt Uh, really that was really jarring because yeah, because it was just like one big entrance and then like the rest of the battle royale came out.
1: And 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 then before we before we're completely done talking about Cena, I did want to say that I feel like the writing was on the wall with his relationship when he didn't buy Nikki Bella a ticket to WrestleMania to sit with him.
3: Yeah, he was sitting next to that Prego woman the whole yeah, time.
1: Maybe that's why they maybe that's why they split.
3: Yeah, who looked miserable to be sit like she's sitting next to John Cena and she just looks pissed off the whole <laughs> time. She just wanted
2: to touch him, and they told her that she get kicked out if she did.
3: Um, I will say, probably the biggest pop for my party was actually when John Cena was in the middle of the ring. And the lights go out and Elias Samson came out oh, yeah. and we were losing. Like, I will say that even though there was things that I disliked about this WrestleMania, it was a very fun WrestleMania. Like there was good surprises there. Like the comedy spot, the few comedy pieces actually worked. Like it was a surprisingly good show. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest problem with this WrestleMania is length. And it's a thing where it's like, less is more guys. Like, Hmm. like some of these matches wouldn't have been nearly as frustrating if they were shorter or there was less Hmm. of them. Hmm.
2: Um, I feel like I've never had, I've never had an issue with length of shows like this. And I don't know if it's just because like, like it's only, this is only my like third WrestleMania watching live. And it does, it, it is, it does feel like a grander stage and it does feel like more of a spectacle. Um, So I'm like, like as annoying as it is to my fiance, like, Like I I have a giant John Cena blanket hanging up in my living room right now from (laughs) WrestleMania uh, that I haven't taken down yet. And like I'm like she like I beg and beg and beg her to make like a wrestling themed cake and blah, blah, blah. Like I just it it feels like a big event to me. And so and I feel like if it was an hour shorter or an hour shorter. Um, you know, cause if it was four well, hours, keep
3: like, in mind, I think this is the other big factor. Keep in mind what coast you're on versus my coast. WrestleMania ends at midnight for me. So like, yeah, it starts was, at like,
2: it started at like four, four PM. Uh, yeah, so it was the, the main, time, like, start of the main WrestleMania show, so. is
3: on like, by the time the, the main events happening, I'm struggling to stay awake, so it could have been <laughs> okay. It could have been the Kurt Angle-Ronda Rousey match as the final match, and I still would have been like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, why isn't yeah. this over? Um, that makes
2: sense, because, yeah, I'm like, I can, I can drink beer and watch wrestling all day and still be in bed <laughs> by 10 p.m. Like, uh,
3: So then Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon had their match against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, in which they won, um, which I kind of liked what they did with the Kevin Owens and Sami storyline over the next, like, following weeks. Was that they were used as a way for Steph to punish Kurt Angle for the mm. the mixed tag match? I was like, oh, that's kind of smart. Like, I like, I like how that worked out. Um, but all in all, uh, decent match. It was great to see Daniel Bryan back in the ring uh, every time. To see
2: Daniel Bryan back in the ring
3: every time I see. We'll get into this uh, in just a couple minutes when we get into the Greatest Royal Rumble. But he is going at a hundred percent too. He's not even like remotely playing it safe <laughs> he's like yeah, when yeah. he's doing these moves he's going high energy on yeah the only difference i
1: see is when he does his corner drop kicks he like lands on his side now or like lands on his yeah. feet like he makes sure not to get anywhere close to his head but i just uh, as far as this match i feel like this match kind of deflated me a little bit even though like i'm i'm a huge Daniel o'brien fan but what were they thinking when they were hyping up his return and people have wanted to see him wrestle for three years and then they did the stretcher spot where he gets jumped before the match and sits out. (laughs) He sits out of like 75% of the match. And then you have Shane McMahon, a non-wrestler with where everybody knows he he was suffering from diverticulitis and shouldn't have even been wrestling was like,
3: but was he, because he's been wrestling a whole lot for a guy who's suffering from that. Yeah. Like I'm starting to wonder if that was storyline.
2: It seemed like he was in the (laughs) the hospital. Like, like four hours before the show he was in the hospital or something like that and like he was on his deathbed and then he looked totally fine but even if
1: it was storyline though it was still storyline that he has all these like injuries (laughs) and then he's fighting off like two world championship caliber wrestlers by himself while Daniel Bryan's like being put in a neck brace outside it was like it really should have been the other way around if anything like let Bryan have this huge showcase while Shane stretchered and then have Shane come back and yeah that makes sense
2: I think that is that the first time we've seen somebody come back like and not be injured in quotations no. uh from like the Apron Powerbomb. Oh, though? from the Apron Powerbomb. that has been pretty protected.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've done it where people have just come back the next day and didn't really sell it anymore, okay, but yeah. as far as like over the hardest put, as far the as like immediately after, I don't think so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Only Daniel Bryan could do it.
3: It was after that match that things started to get a little rough. Uh, and it began roughly around Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss, which absolutely, as we said before, should have been. A, if there was ever a spot for a squash match, this should have been, should it. Have been this. Mm-hmm. Like Nia should have just been just a ball of fury, just destroyed Alexa Bliss in about two minutes and then walked off with the belt especially again because it was about 11 o'clock at night on the east coast when this was (laughs) happening and there was still three more matches to go
2: yeah i would love to see her just like squash but then just keep going because she was so angry and seeing that like the video package i think there was a video package on that one that just kind of like went deeper into that anger and in the previous weeks like just seeing a screaming nia Jax, like running through the the raw backstage trying to find alexa like like, I feel like it, it, we should have seen a squash and then she should have taken it too far type thing after that. I would have been happy if um, just had a anchor.
1: Yeah, like you're saying, I would have been happy if, it, if the finish would have generally been the same. But if she would have just pretty much immediately Samoan dropped her and then leg dropped her and then looked up at the top rope, dragged her over and did the top rope Samoan drop. And that would have been it. And
2: yeah. then beat her up with the belt. Yeah,
1: slap her with it. Like, what's his name? Like Hulk Hogan with the weight belt. Or just, or yeah. just, or just gently drop it over her face like Seth Rollins did to Finn Balor and like split him open <laughs> at the Greatest Royal Rumble.
3: Uh, oh man, we got! I cannot wait to. There's a lot that I want to talk about with the Greatest Royal Rumble, so Let's speed through these last three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so AJ Styles uh, beat Shinsuke Nakamura in a match that didn't totally live up to expectations, but I think when we get to Greatest Royal Rumble, I think that match was an improvement on this match for mm-hmm. the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but we did get the Shinsuke heel turn, which was awesome, um, and then, but but I, I, I don't know. We'll get we'll talk about that more when we get to Greatest Royal Rumble because I feel like there are two pieces of a storyline yeah. right. that needs to follow through. Uh, Braun Strowman and Nicholas defeated Cesaro and Sheamus, which was. Funny, but also upsetting.
1: Yeah, it, it was pretty much what I said <laughs> in the preview, but ten times worse. Like I was like, "Oh, like he's going to pick a partner, and it's going to make the tag division look like shit." And then, so, like, and at first, I thought, at first, I thought, okay, the idea was kind of goofy, and it didn't, and it really makes the tag division look crappy. But oh, that was really nice, at least to give that make a wish kid his moment. And then, like an hour later, I'm like, oh, he wasn't a make a wish kid; he was a ref son. It made it even worse. I was like,
3: I will. I will say the following things that I did like about it. Um, Thing number one, when Nicholas tagged himself in and then Seamus just made one step towards him and he immediately tagged Braun back in, uh, in pure fear. And then the way that they vacated the belts, I thought was mm -hmm. hilarious. Uh, Unfortunately, Nicholas can't defend these belts because he has
0: commitments. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: I uh,
2: like, it, this did make the tag division look bad, but it was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. Like when like <laughs> Braun Strowman comes out and he when he's like, "I'm gonna find someone in the crowd to be my partner," and I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna find like I'm like, "Oh, there's no way, Jose! Like who's he gonna pick? Like, like who's gonna come in? And then he picks this fucking ten year old kid, and then like this is like this is the moment that dreams are made. Like because you don't know who it is, and they've not talked in in. In terms of the show, like, oh, this is one of the ref sons. Like, it was just this random 10 year old kid, right? Um, this is the things that dreams are made of. Like, this can happen if you go to WrestleMania. This is what's <laughs> going to make kids want to become a wrestler. Like, this fucking kid is literally a tag team champion and he's 10 years old. And yeah, it only lasted a day, but it lasted about as long as uh, Zack Ryder's uh, Intercontinental
1: Championship title. It lasted it about as long as Finn Balor's Universal title. <laughs> right? Like,
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> and that kid who was super like awkward looking and super uncomfortable looking and he might have got a promo class in between WrestleMania and Raw the next day because he felt a lot better the next day. Uh, you know, that kid, he's going to be the most popular kid in school now. Like, yeah. just, <clears throat> the, 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 yeah. the WWE and the WWE universe just changed that kid's life.
3: And I mean, I will say it also led to one of my favorite things that I wish WWE would just do more of a tournament to determine the competitors.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't a tournament. It was a tag team, a team eliminator. eliminator.
3: Whatever, whatever. Anything where the <laughs> wrestling that <laughs> I'm watching actually matters. And there's like something <laughs> that they're trying to achieve at the end of it. I'm very happy with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like as far as that, like the two things that I thought were kind of interesting where the one thing is a bunch of new Japan wrestlers were in the crowd, but like, Higher up in the crowd, they didn't have like special seats or anything. And I know I kept reading reports that oh, I was sitting next to Tanahashi, and like when Braun was looking for a partner, he was trying to be incognito, but his crew were all just standing up and pointing at him, saying to pick him. And like Suzuki was somewhere else, and Okada was somewhere else. And people who noticed it was them were like, "Oh, I hope uh, like pick him, pick Suzuki." <laughs> so that that was pretty funny. And then as far as the Nicholas thing, like my last thing I'm going to say about it is that I feel like it would have been. If that was what they were going to do, I feel like they really shouldn't have, have built up who his partner was going to be for four weeks. Like, instead, I feel like they should have done it where he kept refusing to get a partner mm-hmm. and Kurt kept saying, You have to, and have that back and forth. And then when Mania hit, yeah, and then when Mania hit, he gets to the ring by himself and he's like, Well, since I have to have a partner and then lead it into what he did anyway. Mm-hmm. But I feel like building it up where wrestlers are pretty much lobbying to be his partner and wait, it was wait, like. wait, 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 wait. Kind of like a mystery going in. So, that who's he going to pick? And he ends up not picking really anybody. So are you
3: suggesting that we don't have a Brain Strowman moment? Because I don't like that scenario. I would like I to want see more, more.
0: Brain <laughs> I would like
3: Brain Strowman to show up. <laughs>
0: um,
3: so this is probably the most controversial match of the night. And I think that all three of us will have different opinions on the Brock Lesnar uh, versus Roman Reigns match. Um, for me, this match infuriated me due to the crowd. Uh, I felt like the crowd pretty much as soon as the match started, just made the decision. We're going to hate this. And it became very frustrating (laughs) to watch because it was an actual, genuinely shocking ending. Like I was like, okay, great. Like Reigns is going to win this and then I can go to bed. Like that was like my thought process. (laughs) And then all of a sudden the elbows come out, he's bleeding all over the place. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening?
1: And then <laughs> those, those elbows infuriated me. But I'll get to that. And
3: then, and then Brock wins. And I was just like, the whole party was just like, are you kidding me? Like none of us saw that coming. And I think that that's kind of huge when you don't like it was. It was a guarantee that Reigns was mm-hmm. walking out of that match with that belt. When and then it didn't happen.
2: <laughs> that that's been one that like. Like I, I overall like the match. I thought the ending. Like, I mean, I I don't love to see someone get to get like get put in that position, like Randy Orton did last year, and like Reigns did during WrestleMania. Like, like Randy had a bad concussion and had to miss the next pay per view type thing because of it. But from a storytelling perspective, like, like it's. I think this is one of the things that just shows how shitty WWE fans can be as well. Because for like the last like two years, they're like fuck Roman Reigns they're just like Brock's giving him the belt at WrestleMania 34 like that's been their plan forever and it's horrible and we hate everything and blah 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 and then that doesn't happen and i was like this is amazing like they're like this is just a big fuck you to the fans and then everyone's still like oh that was so predictable or whatever <laughs> like like <laughs> i never thought roman was gonna get it and i'm like you guys are fucking idiots and i hate that i'm one of
1: you uh well, here's here's the thing though they did such they built the whole storyline trying to turn people against brock so to me it's kind of like what do you expect? You're going into a match where you have one guy that no one likes to begin with and then the entire build for two months is hate the other guy. (laughs) It's like so... And a lot of people are already souring on Brock because his reign is so shitty and he's never around. And they did a storyline that just exemplified all that by trying to force people to be on Roman's side by default by Roman Mm -hmm. coming out every week saying Brock's a terrible champion, Brock's never here, Brock doesn't care about you. And unfortunately,
3: I'm pretty confident that Brock is going to beat CM Punk's title reign at this point. Yeah. I feel like that has to be what that has to be why he's still holding.
1: Yeah, on it, it at this point. It's ridiculous. Um,
3: but yeah, like I, like
2: I would have like, I would like to see Roman as champion again. He's obviously a divisive character, but I, and I'm not like a super fan, but I like him, but mostly I like that he's there every week. And seeing the most prestigious title on TV more than once a month or whatever, or once every couple of months, I think would be good for the brand. Uh, That said, I think that the, the way that that ended was cooler than anything that they could have done to make Roman win. And like, holy shit, he bled a lot. And when he's just on the mat and his face is like he's on the mat on all fours and his face is covered in blood and he's just like screaming at Brock, like he looked like such a fucking badass.
3: Yeah, he looked like the ending of Carrie like, yeah, <laughs> in the team. middle of right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it
3: was insane.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, like, the elbows... Well, for one thing, I keep saying I need to go back and watch a WrestleMania 31 match because, to me, it was boring, but to the crowd, it was amazing. I mean, to the home audience, it was amazing, apparently. Like, I'm watching this match, and this match came off almost exactly like the WrestleMania 31 match to me, but everyone's saying this match was terrible, so I don't really know what the difference was <laughs> aside from the Rollins cash in <laughs> And... and To me, this match was worse because not only was it the worst part of both of their in-ring styles at this point, which is just like spam, suplex, spam, Superman punch, spam, spear. And then, but on top of that, those fucking elbows, like, you already had one guy, like Derek said, with Orton get hurt because they're afraid to blade to get blood. So they're going to, so their safer quote unquote way is to have a fucking 300 pound guy elbow you in the fucking head. (laughs) And it's like, you already had, and I don't even, like, I'm not even a big fan of Reigns, so it's not even like I love Orton and don't like Reigns, so it's, it's different. Like, to me, like, in a way, it's even worse with Reigns, because he's supposed to be, like, your future of your company, and you're having this guy smash his head? Like, for what? It, and at the very least, if he would have won, it would have been, like, a cool visual, like, oh, he got smashed, and he's covered in blood, but he still fought through it and won. But then he lost, like, two minutes later. Yeah, It's like, what's the point of putting your people in danger like that, especially... When it's not really leading to anything, like that really took me out of the match
3: so we're so we're about to move into the greatest royal Rumble. Um, let me do you think that it's possible that Vince has just soured on Roman reigns at this
1: point?: I think it's, I do not think so I think it's somewhat clear at this point. I don't think they've necessarily soured on him, but I think they're going to switch direction. It, to me, at least, it seems like especially with Braun winning the Rumble. That Braun's gonna be the one to beat Brock, and then Les- and then Reigns is gonna get like jealous or whatever that he couldn't do it and Braun did, and I think they're gonna finally facilitate his heel turn because if they g- if they say they don't give a shit about his he- whether or not he's cheered or booed, but if they didn't give a shit, he would have just won at WrestleMania.
3: Mm. Yeah, no, that's like, true. I think All at right. this
1: point at this point they're just kind of resigned to the fact that what they're doing, what they've been doing for four years, isn't working, and if they're really gonna stick with this guy, that something needs to change.
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, after WrestleMania, we had the, the Raw and SmackDown. After WrestleMania, there was a lot of big call-ups. We had the Superstar Shake-Up, which was really, like, we had, for two weeks, we had, like, two weeks of some solid Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and then we had uh, a week of building two pay-per-views simultaneously, <laughs> uh, which really slowed those shows down to a crawl. Uh, but we got the greatest Royal Rumble, which is...
1: Are you a fan of young adult novels?
0: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
1: Then join author Eric J.
2: Brown.
0: And Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle.
2: Every other Tuesday on YAOK.
0: Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! I watched it
3: while I was at work. I I did everything I could to get as much work done as possible so that I could just stream it on my computer Uh, because we were all going to get like my whole group of friends from work was going to get together to watch the 50 man Royal Rumble after work, but we weren't going to watch any of the other matches. So I was like, all right, well, let me stream the first nine matches and then I'll shut it off and watch the Royal Rumble with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and pretty much as soon as, I would say there was some point I, I, maybe it was the Cedric win, or maybe it was John Cena winning, but there was a moment where I was just like, oh, this is a house show. Like, (laughs) like they promoted this, like, this was WrestleMania 2.0, but it is literally just a house show with a really big Royal Rumble at the end of it, Um, which isn't a bad thing. Like, it was a perfectly fun show, but it was a house show. (laughs) because there was like a rumor like yeah. every every title was going to change hands at this pay-per-view mm-hmm. and like so many rumors going in. And I was like baffled how quickly – so like the first hour they got like four matches in. Mm-hmm. And then they had the, the 20-minute – And it still round. was
1: like a five-hour show. Yeah,
3: like, <laughs> uh, but I mean there's nothing really – I mean is there anything besides the actual – okay, there is two things that need to be talked about but – Besides AJ Styles and Shinsuke, AJ Styles, Shinsuke and Brock Reigns, is there anything that happened at Greatest Royal Rumble outside of the rumble that you guys want to talk about?
1: Like with between Triple H and Cena, I thought it was like a battle of whose awful losing streak is going to come to an end, like <laughs> yeah. especially after Cena got decimated in like 2 minutes by the Undertaker with his invisible his invisible kick or whatever the fuck that was, but but yeah, aside from that, not really, like I got to I think I got five matches in, and then that's when the realization hit me that, oh, like, nothing of consequence is going to happen in the show.
3: That being said, and I I heard this on another podcast as well, but I agree. The idea of having a pay-per-view in the middle of the afternoon on a Friday is such a fun thing. Like, it was – I had so much fun just with that concept. Like, Mm -hmm. I can just watch this. It's in the middle of the day. Like, I can just continue with my day when it's over. Like, I don't have to just immediately go to bed. (laughs) It
2: was really hard to not call in sick that day, but I didn't.
3: (laughs) I persevered. All right. So, the two most egregious things that happened at this match or at this pay per view was the ending of AJ Styles Nakamura and Brock Lesnar Reigns. Um, AJ Styles Nakamura had an incredible match, and then they go outside of the ring and they're still fighting and suddenly for the first time ever in in years it suddenly matters that they're not in the ring after 10 seconds and a double <laughs> count out happens something that literally i've seen beatdowns happen for five minutes outside of the ring without a single count starting <laughs> <laughs> but we get a double count out which like whatever i guess sure um Spoiler alert, it looks like they're having yet another match at Backlash. Uh, I really hope that this is the one that Shinsuke wins.
2: They're going to be the new Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal, where <laughs> if, there's, if there's a show, we you can need. count on them fighting on it.
3: Well, because I... So my booking that I've had in my head, and I'm, I'm sticking by my booking still to this day, is you go Shinsuke Nakamura wins the belt off of AJ Styles. Uh, you build that a little bit, and then in a couple months... Uh, Daniel Bryan beats Shinsuke for the belt. But then the very next Daniel Bryan match the, is the Miz versus Daniel Bryan where the Miz beats Daniel Bryan and becomes the WWE champion. And I mm-hmm. think that that is exactly where you want to be by SummerSlam. And we can mm-hmm. still get there by SummerSlam if we put the belt on Shinsuke at Backlash. But anytime time uh. later than that, it's going to be way too much like slingshotting of a belt.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, um, and then too, can we really men- really quickly mention Ginder's whisper in the wind? I was just, that oh was my literally, god! I literally that. a whisper in the wind.
2: It was just the the force of of Jeff Hardy hitting the mat, like made him fall over. It's, it was very clear.
1: The force, the force, the of all like 190 pounds of him.
2: Right? Did you see? Like those mats are pretty bouncy, though. He yeah. could have just lost his bounce. No, this was that looked. That was the moment because everyone's like, "Ginger's the worst. Ginger's the worst. Ginger." And I'm like, oh, "He's fine. He's a cool character, and like he does very basic things." But like, I don't know what everyone's talking about. Aside from that time, he like flash knocked out Finn Balor. But then this was a moment where I was like, "Oh, this guy kind of is bad. This guy was our champion for,
3: like six uh, months." But thankfully for Ginger, not. Not the most memorable botch of the (laughs) night. I can't believe how many times they played Titus falling underneath the ring.
1: And it's funny, too, because, like, as a viewer, you kind of didn't really even have any idea what happened because the camera wasn't on him when he slipped. And all of a sudden, they just start laughing.
2: The live cut looks so weird because he is sprinting to the ring full speed, and then it cuts as he should be sliding in, but then he just doesn't come in. And it's like, they're, like he he stopped really fast to not come in like where is he what's going on and then they're losing it and then they just showed it over and over and over again and it was like like it was like the first time I like kind of laughed a bit I was like what and then like by the fifth or sixth time I was just gutting myself because it just looked more and more absurd the slower and slower they made it uh,
0: I made a
3: comment at the party that we were watching it and I said there are two things that I feel like I can promise you thing number one Vince McMahon is laughing his balls off and saying, play it again, play it again. Thing number two, there's at least a 75% chance he's using the N-word while explaining that he wants to see it again. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: terrible. (laughs) Um, Oh, no, I was just going to say, the funny thing, too, was Byron was, like, sounded annoyed at first. He was trying to ignore it. And then they start replaying it. He's like, oh, we're replaying it? Okay. <laughs>
2: like, I, well, and I, like, I am just glad that it's something that we can laugh about and that we're not mourning the death of Titus O'Neil because had this been a different event, there would have been an LED screen there that he would have hit very, very hard. And even looking at the slow motion of what was there, like two inches to his right, it looks like there's like a support beam or something that he could have very, very easily hit. But he fucking slid in at full speed to the point where just his, like, seven... Like, he's, seven, like, seven feet tall, and just his feet are sticking out. And two seconds later,
0: he falls out, and he is in the green. Like,
2: that could not have gone better. He could have died, and he is fine. And he went in the match, like, four seconds later. He's a religious man. I
0: think God was watching out for him
2: at that moment.
3: So the ending of the fucking Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match is one of the most controversial endings to any match I've ever seen. Because, like, by all arguments' sake, Reigns' feet hit the ground first. Like, there's not even, like, a debate to it.
1: His feet Oh, God, did you notice how he spiked himself, though? That was scary.
3: Yeah, it looked really rough. Uh, But I think that this was a better match than their WrestleMania match. Like, it's the same thing with with the AJ Styles shin. I think both of these matches were better than the WrestleMania match but with way shittier endings. Um
1: yeah, I like I feel like this match is better than the WrestleMania match too, but only really cuz it was shorter. Like it wasn't 20 minutes of the same finishers over and over. It was like 5 minutes of the same finishers over and over. And like it drove me crazy at WrestleMania when Brock or when Roman kicked out of like 5 F5s. Like I know he still lost, but I feel like that was really their way of saying, "Oh, look how strong roman is because he had a kicking out of 5f5s where everyone fr- in the last year from goldberg to Braun in the to, uh, <laughs> came to Samoa Joe and fall into one and it took like five it took like six to beat him I was like all right but the yeah this match was a lot better because of the shorter pace but then like you were saying the finish was just bizarre yeah i
0: uh, i
2: thought it was fun i thought it was funny because it was just again like people online like there's no way Roman loses at WrestleMania. Roman loses at WrestleMania. They're like, oh, that's just because they want him to win at Greatest Royal Rumble or whether he won't get booed as hard. And then they're like, fuck you. No, he's still not winning. And I'm
3: still not winning because it's a hell show. Um, so so the Rumble, let's take a look at the Rumble real quick. Uh, obviously, we're not going to go through all 50 that people so that came in. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryan um, holding the record now for the longest any person's ever been in a Rumble. Almost feeling like it's making up for his absence in <laughs> in one Rumble. I thought, I thought and he was going to win. I thought, I thought so he was too. Win
1: too. But then uh, they really got to push Big Cass though, guys. He's the future of the oh company. God, well, I know, no, right?
3: but I, I get that. I get that they're building, because they're going to try to keep Daniel Bryan away from the Miz for as long as they can. So giving him a reason to be pissed off at Big Cass for a couple months totally makes sense to me, and I'm okay with it. Big Cass's promo on Miz TV was the best promo Big Cass has ever cut. Yep, so yeah. like, I'm I'm okay with, with the new direction of Big Cass, and I like that they've really toned down anything that represents like the Enzo in Cass version of Big Cass. Uh so yeah. I'm I'm liking the change in character, and hopefully his in ring will be uh as as good as his promos have been. Was it just late,
2: like he he never really got much of a chance to speak in the past because uh Enzo was so charismatic on the mic. So being able to act like he, he could have been really terrible, but he's been doing an okay job actually. And yeah, like his Miss T V promo was really good. Um I don't know, I, I never disliked I, I liked Enzo and Cass together, but uh I, I always liked Big Cast as well. So I it's nice to see him kind of getting a push. Although I don't think he should have been the one to get Daniel Bryan out because Daniel Bryan should have won. <laughs> man, Daniel uh, Bryan's chest, though, like yeah, his Jesus chest man. and arm looked horrible. Like how, that must have been very painful.
1: Like I remember Roddy being the one who was like really, really chopping him oh, to like Roderick, the, yeah. those marks. Yeah. yeah,
2: apparently it was like right after hit their chops that uh, that he started to look like that. But man, it looked rough.
3: Uh, mm. So just going through this list, there was a couple of uh, random surprises. We had a sumo wrestler pop in there for 40 seconds for Mark <laughs> Henry to toss out. Hornswoggle came back and eliminated somebody. That was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, trying to see what else we got in here. Um, Tucker Knight, uh, one half of Heavy Machinery. That was like weird. Uh <laughs>
2: I, I was expecting more, like the way that they were building this and the way that they were t- talking about everything. Like, I expected more, like, big returns or, or class that were, like, legends showing up. And we didn't really get much of that at all. Like, it was a lot of NXT people. We got, like, Rey Mysterio. Uh, I, Chris Jericho showed up to do basically nothing aside from get a little bit of offense in on Kevin Owens. Um, although he did have a great promo earlier in the show uh, where he uh still doesn't believe that that michael guy i think his name is is not tom phillips um and he would he just he sounded like he was like drunk or something when he was talking about who was going to be in the match and he was like mojo raleigh and he just kept repeating mojo raleigh's name Uh, like like he was a big deal and he was excited but he was also making fun of him or something like i don't know that made it worth it
3: so there was a moment we did we did our um I, i actually won i drew number 41 which was braun Strowman. Uh, but we did another one of the throw in some money and draw some some numbers. Uh, and at the point that The Great Khali came out at 45, there was a split second where he, we all thought <laughs> they might give it to The Great Khali, Um because he got probably the biggest response. He
2: did get a very big pop.
3: But, man, he looks bad. Like, not he even like barely, he's a bad wrestler. He could barely get to the ring. Yeah, he looked rough. Like... I, I don't know how much longer we got the great Kali in our lives. Um, he's not looking good. Uh, but all in all, I think, the, I think the Rumble was a lot of fun. Even though it was a fucking long hour and 17 minutes, it was a fun-ass Rumble. I had a good time. Um,
1: yeah, like towards the end I felt like it really ramped up. I, there was that period in between like number ten and number thirty though where it was just nothing but yeah. like your heat slaters of the world and yeah. it was like
3: our quote was uh every time that one of the random people came out, I think the the first one was Mike Canellas. When Mike Canellis came out, uh the one guy who had Mike Canellas goes. Ugh, it might as well have just been Disco Inferno. And that became like <laughs> our catchphrase every time it was someone garbage. And then it just turned into a game where whenever someone would come out, we would try to figure out what like, WWE, WCW jobber they most represented in the company. It's <laughs> so, so like when Kurt Hawkins came out, it was like, oh, might as well have been the Brooklyn Brawler. Like, it was a really fun game. <laughs> Which I think I might play next Royal Rumble, because it's fun to try to just figure out who is their, uh, their 90s counterpart. Uh, so, we've got Backlash coming up in just a week. Uh, the card is decent, but let's see, we've got Seth Rollins versus The Miz uh, for the hmm. IC belt.
1: Um, Which was a well-deserved uh, reta- um, uh, def- defense by Rollins, considering he's, like, the first person in wrestling history to think to run up the ladder. Oh, oh my God, we was, forgot to talk was a about great that. Finish. That
3: The ladder match was... Uh, I think it was one of the guys from Codeaholic said, this isn't so much a ladder match as a match that has a ladder in it. <laughs> um, but, like... That final, like that ending sequence, was probably my favorite moment of the entire Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic.
1: Except At, second to Titus, <laughs> I felt I felt bad for Finn though, because like the way they booked it was kind of weird in the sense that Finn was just staring there watching him do it, and then to add insult to injury, the belt flopped on his face and split his oh, eye I open. Cut him open, yeah.
2: He looked like so confu- like he looked so confused like he he's like where did this blood come from like he almost didn't like feel it or something but yeah it looked so gentle but there must have been something sharp as fuck
3: on that belt though for it to do that because he was bleeding quite a bit yeah um, but I think the Miz does not get this belt uh, I think the belt stays on Raw uh, I think the Miz genuinely has a WWE Championship run. In his future, he is he is where you put your money right now on this company, as, as far as I'm concerned. He has proved to be nothing but a stellar performer in and out of the ring. Um, then we've got the Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe match, which we all assumed was going to be for the universal title. But uh, apparently <laughs> now it just it's just a grudge nothing. match. But now I'm even more confident that Samoa Joe wins this. There's no reason to not just have Samoa Joe decimate Reigns. <laughs> One is like, when did Samoa Joe return? Like,
2: was it just the day day after after WrestleMania? The day after (laughs) WrestleMania. Uh,
3: But yeah, no, I think that that's, I mean, there's no reason. You've already got Reigns losing enough (laughs) that, like, a a loss to Samoa Joe will not really hurt whatever you're trying to do with the character. And if you are trying to actually have him go heal, he kind of needs to have a series of losing uh, efforts against these people uh, i'll be very upset if uh, we
2: yeah. need a new we need a new losing streak
3: well but here's the thing we part of me feels like we can't actually consider that win against triple h and end to his losing streak because again it was at a house show um, where <laughs> it was the matter. greatest house show <laughs> uh nia Jax is most certainly going to retain her belt against alexa bliss as far as i'm concerned i i feel like yeah. that there's
2: I, I just feel like there's no way that that match can feel exciting like because again it should be another squash <laughs> match but what is like a, unless mickey gets involved and the referee doesn't see it or whatever like i don't see how alexa has any chance um i don't know i don't know like i was i was excited for their first match to like like their first match uh back at wrestlemania um But now I feel like the storyline doesn't have much, doesn't really have anywhere to go from there. Although, excuse me, although on Raw the other week, that like moment of bliss PSA thing was hilarious. And I was like, oh, Alexa Bliss is just basically Cartman at this point. (laughs) Uh. Uh,
3: Next up, we got Carmella versus Charlotte, which I'm very, I'm very interested in how this goes. Because if there was one person that I thought for sure was going to be traded in the uh, the Superstar shakeup. it was going to be Charlotte. I thought for sure that they would take her off of SmackDown so that she couldn't have her rematch against Carmella um, so I'm assuming heelish shit happens and Carmella retains I actually would love to see Carmella have a nice long championship reign as the chicken shit heel that always kind of finds a way out of losing the title. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she's... That
2: passion was great, though, too. That was super exciting.
3: Yeah. I, I love... I really like Carmella. I've... Yeah. I really learned to appreciate how unique her character is in the fact that she's just so loud, but, like, so... She's I'm trying to think how to word it. She she's so good at playing this loud mouth person who then realizes, oh shit, now I have to cash the check that I just wrote for myself, <laughs> um, that it, it's always entertaining to me. Uh, she's never not entertaining. Yeah, I
2: totally agree.
3: Oh, but yeah, seeing me
2: like because I like having all those fake outs over the last few months, uh, I was like, how are they actually going to get to a point where she does cash in? And I feel like there was no way she could lose because we saw um uh what's his name baron was it baron corbin yeah yeah (laughs) because it was very memorable uh because we saw baron (laughs) corbin like fail so badly uh with his money in the bank match uh was it baron corbin yeah it was baron corbin okay see that's how i'm like i'm literally like you guys might be wrong but i don't think but seeing like the iconics debut first of all which is great because i feel like they're they're like a, a fantastic duo um but that was a great moment, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I was like, "Oh my god!" They're gonna just this is gonna be another fake out because it, it took so long again for oh, the, yeah, the ref to was be like, kept oh, saying, "Are you sure? sure? Are you sure? Are you really sure?" I'm gonna give you one more chance. Are you sure you want to do this? Like forever, and then but they finally did, finally went for it. But I feel like I feel like that was a really good cash in.
3: Um, oh, I also want to state actually now that I think about it, um, while we're talking about the iconic duo, I am in love. <laughs> with Peyton Royce's impression of other people. It is so... <laughs> her impression of Charlotte sounds like when Alison Breeze character is trying to be sexy on uh, on Community. <laughs> 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 uh, so now, finally, the wait is over. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass is uh, also going down for it, the ages. Hey, this, is what we've, <laughs> this is what we've
1: been waiting four years for. <laughs> Hey, I'll take I, Daniel I, Bryan
2: against whoever possible because Daniel Bryan is wrestling again, and I yeah. never thought that
3: would happen. And I think it'll be a decent match. I, I, I don't like Big
0: Cass. I don't I like I feel,
3: I feel like Big Cass had this huge moment where he turned on Enzo And, and then he then, got injured
2: at the worst fucking possible yeah, time. He he got injured injured. Or
3: they could do anything. Like it it sucked because he was like stuck in this shitty situation where he had all of these Enzo versus Cass matches to do, and then just as soon as that storyline wrapped up, and we were like, "Okay, now let's see what Big Cass can actually do without Enzo Amore." He like ruins his leg for almost a year. Um, so the the big match will be AJ Styles versus Shin. It has to go to his Shin. New team's it, pretty like, good, huh? Yeah. Oh it's my God, the amazing. new theme is amazing.
1: Yeah, I love that, and I'm I'm thinking it. He was like saying, "Oh, he switched his theme so that because he was tired of people singing it. I give him a couple I give him like two months, and like you'll have the smart crowd singing the whole song
2: the singing of the song like the crowd singing the song and the like the fact that once the song the song can stop and the crowd keeps going, it's one of the coolest things to see or be a part of live um but also on TV like it it makes him feel super over even though like his time on the main roster I don't feel like he's ever been all that interesting aside from right now like the heel turn and how much of an asshole he's been and like that is what made him that is what has made him interesting on the main roster I think and I'm more into him now than I have been since he was in NXT
3: when his backstage no speak English promos are just so like he's so good at that insincere apology shit it's so good. Um, I'm excited for this match because it seems like each one of their matches has gotten better and better. And if this is the final one where the belt goes on Shinsuke, then I really am expecting this to be a, a match to remember. Like this this is what I, I'm hoping that the Backlash match is what we think, what we were thinking the WrestleMania match would be.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and it's crazy to me to think that like, AJ Styles is as popular as AJ Styles is like it's still it's still surreal to me because he's like someone said this the other day and I agree with it a lot is he's the John Cena that everybody likes <laughs> like, <he's, laughs> like the little kids love him and the fans love him it's it's surreal to have a baby face champion that they're doing perfectly and everybody's okay with it like it's so rare yeah that's true uh so that's i mean that's it for backlash uh josh is there anything exciting happening in the in the world of new japan that that we should be notified of
1: well the big uh the big lij versus um suzuki-gun feud is going on right now with basically the two big heel factions feuding even though everyone cheers lij so i don't even know if they really count as a heel faction anymore but they've been having tag matches off and on and uh the Naito versus Suzuki match for the Intercontinental title is going to be pretty big just because like Naito's my favorite and Suzuki's my second favorite whereas Suzuki's my wife's favorite so we're both kind of excited <laughs> about it but to be honest I think it might have happened this like last night but I'm not sure because I with all the WWE stuff going on and with like school being hectic I haven't been keeping up with New Japan as much as I have in the past but yeah I'm pretty sure it aired last night but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet so i'm kind of looking forward to that all
3: right uh very cool um,
1: Actually, I... No, I did happen last night and i'm looking at the results and fuck i shouldn't have looked at the results all right <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I,
2: I i started watching i'm watching nxt and 205 live now
0: nice. uh, because Those i realized are very so I, very good uh,
2: <laughs> they are yeah i realized at work i uh we have mandatory one hour lunch breaks instead of half an hour lunch breaks and i realized i could pretty much fit the whole thing over at lunch uh and i'm really enjoying it uh like the the gauntlet match that they had on 205 uh last week that was super that was like the whole show and it was really good (laughs) gulak's so good i love gulak yeah uh although i do like he looks like more of a badass now and that his jacket is pretty cool but i do miss the like whole powerpoint presentation
3: angle because that was the funniest thing on the (laughs) play uh i will say also now that we're talking about people who look badass Uh, Chris Jericho's Christmas light covered scarf at the greatest Royal rumble. (laughs) was pretty fantastic his uh he's got the hair going on right now too huh <laughs> he's also got the dad bod going on
2: yeah that the world touring is yeah. actually tough yeah all
1: that ca- all that catering touring around the world I that was like the first thing i noticed <laughs> when he came out which is kind of sad but he could but.
2: still fucking move like he pulled off a lion salt really quickly into that like he's still he might you know he might be eating more but he's keeping up with that ddp yoga yeah. <laughs>
1: which he'll which he'll gladly take a minute to tell you about
3: uh so real quick before we wrap up this episode i guess uh i already talked to josh and derek about this uh i will probably be gently stepping down from from hosting duties of the double count out podcast as long as i'm available to record i will always be on an episode but my uh, recording availability has been getting Less and less easy as I've been, like, going to conventions every weekend and doing the Disney podcast now on top of Horror Movie Night on top of the Boy Meets World podcast and working on another podcast that I plan to release in the summer. So I've just got a schedule where I'm sitting there going, man, you know what? I would like to, like, get married one day. And it's really hard to get married when you don't have time to date anybody. So just <laughs> invite uh, on
2: the podcast.
3: <laughs> so I, uh, I am gently stepping down i'll most likely still be on all of or a very large portion of the shows but there will be the occasional episodes that are just josh and derek just giving you guys a heads up still listen because they are awesome dudes and i love both of you guys and i love you guys so much that i want you to promote where people can find you to follow you on social medias
2: uh, I am at D Cranavilt on Twitter uh, and you can find me also on, also with Josh, but you can find us on the Geekscape games podcast, which releases uh, sometime every week and a half or so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm at Enu Joshua across all social platforms and also on the Geekscape games podcast, where you can hear me about once every week and a half.
3: So uh, guys, you can follow me uh, at St. Mort on most social media. And as I said, I host the Horror Movie Night podcast, which you can find at HMNpodcast.com. We've got a Spotify playlist. We've got uh, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. Uh, and next Tuesday will be the launch of my new show, Disneydos. Uh, it's a podcast in which my friends Brooke and Andrew drink a bottle of wine while talking about their favorite Disney things. Uh, So come check that out. If you're a Disney fan at all, we're on iTunes already. Just search Disney and you'll find us and get ready for us. I
2: feel like I'm excited for that show. And I also feel like drinking a bottle of wine while talking about stuff is like the new podcast trend.
3: Yeah, Uh, it wasn't intended to be that way. They were just very nervous about being on a microphone. So they got a bottle of wine to like loosen them up, and then it just was like, okay, well now it just seems to be the best way to do <laughs> this. This is camp. our show, <laughs> so uh, we will be back in like a month to, to talk about whatever pay-per-view is after backlash. Because I talk about
2: Titus O'Neil. He's it's a push Titus now. O'Neil.
3: <laughs> He's
1: getting. Do you up. think we'll
2: see something regarding the slide? Do you think we'll see it on a, on a you know, shirt? You
1: know what? If I was by gonna...
2: the time we record next, there'll be a, a Titus O'Neil. Sure, Titus regarding the the
3: Titus World slide t shirt.
1: If I if I was him I would have just slid I would have just crawled to the other side of the ring and went in through the back. <laughs> I mean he That's was already he halfway was there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be <laughs> back From in a month. From the new face of fear, ready to see hell, I'm going to take you there, so run. Or submit to me, because salvation's a mystery, I suggest you run. From the new face of fear, ready to see hell, I'm going to take you there, so run. Or submit to me, because salvation's a mystery, I suggest you run.
1: Are you a fan of young adult novels?
0: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
1: Then join author Eric J. Brown.
0: And Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle.
2: Every other Tuesday on YAOK.
0: Available on all podcasting apps. Woo!